0: Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Yo, Epiph, good morning. It is so good to see you. Grace and peace. Uh, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I want to be the first one to to publicly say that to you. Uh, we we honor fathers, man. F- fathers are uh, such a intricate part of the community, of society, of the church, of our families. Shout out to all the fathers. You you guys make a huge huge difference, and we don't celebrate you enough. So. Praise God for the fathers. Let me give a, a quick special Happy Father's Day to my father. I don't know if he's watching right now or not, or maybe he's going to watch a different service. Let me uh, say Happy Father's Day to him. Uh, a lot of what I've learned to be uh, as a man and as a husband, as a father, I learned from my father. He, he's not just a great father. He's literally one of the greatest men I know. So shout out to my father. Happy Father's Day to you. Hey, listen, man, I miss y'all. It's, it's, been a, it's been a week that uh, last week I was off and I, I didn't get to, to hang out with y'all. Shout out to Pastor Timmy and happy birthday to him uh, for holding it down. He preached on contentment. Uh, really uh, a message that we all really needed. So I am grateful for uh, the ability to be back hanging out with y'all and hanging out in the pulpit and preaching the word of God. In fact, let's do it. Won't you grab your Bibles, it's time for the word of God. Uh, let somebody know that we're live. Let somebody and I'm live. I'm here at the building right now. Let someone know that we are about to get into the word of God. The way Deuteronomy 8 says it is man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So let's do it. Genesis 11. In in the words of Will Smith, let's get jiggy with it. Uh, That was extremely corny. Uh, But Genesis 11 is where we're going to be hanging out today. Uh, As you grab your Bibles, physical copies, devices, laptops, whatever you have, uh, get to Genesis 11. But as you get there, uh, let let me just lay a couple of things before you really quickly. Number one, this Tuesday is local elections. We are voting this Tuesday. Our, Our church seriously believes in praying. We seriously believe in protesting, but in order to make change, we have to make sure that we are exercising the right to vote. And so I'm asking everybody that's piped in, if you live in New York or a state that is voting uh, this Tuesday, please, please, please learn who the officials are, the elected officials and the politicians, and let's make sure we get out and and exercise that right to vote. All right, so we're in the Word of God today. We have been... um, over the last several weeks in a sermon series on interruptions, really looking at how God interrupts the lives of men and women, and really he puts them on track for his glory. We looked at Simon of Cyrene. We looked at Moses. We spent two weeks on Queen Esther because there was so much in that uh, that book and in that story. And Uh, And so that that was just such a good uh, and encouraging sermon series. I got many emails and many text messages from you guys. Praise God that the word of God can go out. Even though we are all still quarantined and not able to meet together, the word of God is able to still go out. Uh, Just so you know where we're going over the next several weeks, we'll be in some standalone series. I've personally been off. And so uh, because I've been off, I've been like really tuned into the word and tuned into God's spirit and trying to see what he's saying for the direction of our church. And so there's some things that I just wanted to preach over the next several weeks. So we'll do some standalone series and then we're jumping into a sermon series called Africa. And we'll be looking at the critical roles that Africans played in the scriptures. Somebody should just start typing in the chat right now. Africa is what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks once we get into that sermon series. So please stay tuned unfortunately christianity here in the western world has overlooked some major truths when it comes to uh, the contribution of africans in scripture and so i'm so excited that we'll spend four weeks in uh, in that sermon series but today grab your bibles we're in genesis 11 it is father's day and so we will be preaching a Father's Day sermon. Don't get confused. Uh, Look at verse 10. Please don't get worried or confused. We're about to read a bunch of names. This is a genealogy. In fact, the inscription above the text says Shem's descendants. So stay plugged in as we work through uh, this passage. Pick me up in verse 10. It says this. These are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered Arpakshid two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he fathered Arpakshid 500 years. That's a lot of candles on that birthday cake. And he had other sons and daughters. And when Arpakshid had lived 35 years, he fathered Sheila. Not the manliest name, but that's what we got. And Arpakshit lived after he fathered Sheila 403 years and had other sons and daughters. And when Sheila had lived 30 years, he fathered Eber. And Shelah had lived after he fathered Ebert 403 years and had other sons and daughters. And when he had lived 34 years, he fathered Peleg. And Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years and had other sons and daughters. That's the last that lived four centuries. Uh, don't get confused on how long they lived. There's much debate on why they lived so long. Maybe they didn't eat bacon. Maybe uh, the, it wasn't as much pollution in the air, or maybe God just wanted them to live longer. We, we don't know, and that's not our focus today, so let's keep going. Verse 18, when Peleg had lived 30 years, he fathered Ryu. And Peleg lived after he fathered Ryu 209 years and had other sons and daughters. And when Ryu had lived 32 years, he fathered Sarug, Sir, uh, don't check out. And Ryu lived after he fathered Sarug 207 years and he had other sons and daughters. And and Sarug had lived 30 years, he fathered Nahor. And Sarug lived after he fathered Nahor 200 years and had other sons and daughters and when Nahor had lived 29 years, he fathered Terah. That might be familiar to you. Here's why. And Nahor had lived uh, lived after he fathered Terah 119 years and had other sons and daughters. And when Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered, circle this name, Abram, also known as Abraham, Nahor and Haran. Jump down to verse 32 real quick. And the days, it says, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12, verse 1, now the Lord said to Abram, go to your country and your kindred and your father's house and the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Thank you for hanging out with all those names. I want to preach today from the topic entitled, Leaving a Legacy. Type that in the chat for me really quickly. Leaving a Legacy. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, we are thankful for this Father's Day. I'm grateful for every father that is piped in right now. The load, the burden, the heavy weight of being a father sometimes can be overwhelming, but the joy of being a father certainly outweighs the burden. Father, I think about my two boys, and I'm grateful, Lord, to be able to be a father and be able to have discipleship in my home and be able to uh, look at them grow up and become men. Father, I'm thankful. Children are a blessing of the Lord. And so, Father, I pray for every father on here whether they grew up with a good father or not, whether they wish they could be fathers or not. Father, we all have the ability to be a spiritual father. So father, would you do something in this sermon, in this word as we rest in Genesis 11? In Christ's name, I pray, amen. Leaving a legacy. Man, here's real talk. I, I grew up with a an amazing father. My, my, my father was, I mean, simply... The best. My, my father, he, he had uh, a way of making sure he, he was in the military, so he worked long hours. One, one time he was stationed out in uh, Okinawa, Japan, and, and I, I just remember that season of his absence. But after that season, he, when he was home, he was always present. My father was spiritually present, he was mentally present, he was physically present, he was always there. He showed up to the football games. My father had a way of showing up to every parent-teacher conference. My my father had a way of showing me what it meant to model. He modeled what it looked like to be faithful to one woman all my life that I've seen. My my father didn't let my mother take us to church by herself. My, My father got up and got us ready and got us dressed and packed us in the car and drove us to church together. My father was spiritually present. In fact, I go so far as to say discipleship for me really started in the home. The discipleship for me started with my father talking to me about the word of God. I'll never forget. He used to have this, this book collection at the house. It was about 20 books. It was like um, it was children's books, but it was. The, 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 the stories of the Bible from Genesis 1 All the way to, to Revelation You saw all of these pictures and stories And it was illuminating all these stories And real talk Even now when I am preparing to preach to you oftentimes I'm reading stories in the scriptures And the pictures from the books When I was a kid pop up in my mind I can still smell the pages Of the books That were in our living room My, my father made sure that the word of God Was before us Not only that, my father was a was a preacher, man. My my father was a Baptist preacher. And before he would preach on Sunday mornings, he would, he would first preach to me and my brother on Saturday mornings. We would sit there and we'd get our breakfast and he'd open up the word of God and he'd start preaching the sermon to us, there, there were times where sometimes he would have to preach out, and he would recycle the sermons, meaning he would preach the same sermon that he preached before. He would preach it somewhere else, and he would still sit us down. I remember one time he was preaching on uh, on Daniel. He's preaching on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I heard the sermon before, and I couldn't wait till he got to the fire. And when he said there were four people in the fire, and I was so ignited. My father modeled faithfulness to the Word of God, but if I'm not careful. I can be deceived to think that everybody grew up with a father that was godly, present and in the home. Sadly, that is not the case. I, I talk with many people. In fact, I talk with some of the staff that is here right now when we talked about father issues and the absentee of father. Father, some of you grew up and you do not know who your father is. Some of you grew up and your father might have been physically present, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, he was not in the house, even though his body was in the house. Some of you, that is your testimony. Some of you grew up with dysfunction as, as part of your childhood because of your father, and that has a way of impacting legacy. As we talk about leaving a legacy, some of us don't even know how to do that. How do we leave a legacy when one wasn't left for me? How do I leave a legacy and I don't even know what it means to to be a father? And many times we struggle and we stop. What we do is we live life and only think about now, but godly men on uh, on, on this stream right now, all of you that are godly and you are piped in, please understand something about legacy. You cannot just live life for now. You have to think about the generation after you. You have to think about the next generation. You have to think about grandkids that you don't have. You have to think about great grandkids that you don't have. Every father must examine the lineage he comes from and he must examine the legacy he is leaving. Let me say that again. Every father must examine the lineage that he's come from, what's behind him, and he must examine the legacy that he's leaving. It's funny when you are driving a car, you look in the rearview mirror you're looking behind you. But, but notice something. You can't look in the rearview mirror too long. You can't drive the entire way by looking in the rearview mirror. You also have to look ahead of you and cast vision for what legacy looks like ahead of you. I want to get men that are piped in right now to stop thinking about just now and stop thinking about what happened in the past and stop thinking simply about our father's absentee and start to look forward through the front windshield. Notice that the rearview mirror is always smaller than the window in front of you because you were not meant to look behind and drive forward. You have to start looking forward. And so today we arrive at a passage where a genealogy presents to us legacy, where where a genealogy literally represents what it looks like to pass on either faithfulness or dysfunction. Now, many of us don't like genealogies. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. Y'all know That when we do our one year Bible reading plan, we get to genealogies and we skimp over them. A bunch of names of a bunch of dead people that the only time you see them is in a genealogy. Why do I need to sit and read a genealogy? But I would encourage you to never, ever, ever, ever skip over a genealogy because there is good nutrients in a genealogy. Study each person. Study each name. Find out where else they are mentioned in Scripture because I guarantee you that if you do that, you will find some good truth. Not to mention, Paul says... In 2 Timothy chapter three, verse 16, that all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for reproof and corrections and training and righteousness. That means that a genealogy is breathed out by God. That means there is something there for me to grab a hold to. And I love Moses, the writer of Genesis, because he loves genealogies. I mean, this is the third genealogy in, in the book of Genesis literally just started. He's a, he has a genealogy in chapter five. He has another one in chapter 10. He has another one now in chapter 11. Genealogies give us a bunch of names, but there's something good in a genealogy. Here today, we get to see what legacy looks like. Now, if you notice something in, in this passage, and, and I'm not going to read all of the names over again, but if you notice from chapter, uh, verse number 10 to verse number 26, you get a bunch of names. Watch this, which represent 10 generations. Ten generations are mentioned from Shem all the way to Abraham. Ten generations are mentioned. You had, you had Shem, you had Arpachid and Shelah and uh, uh, Eber and Peleg and Nahor. And you have all of these names all the way getting down to Abram. And it's something you need to note about Abram. Abram is a godly man. In fact, the, the scripture nicknames him the father of the faith. Abraham is a big deal. If there was a Mount Rushmore of biblical characters, I'd put Abraham on it every time. Jesus would be front and center. Adam would have to be on there because he's significant to the story. I'd put Paul on there. He wrote 75% of the New Testament. I'd, I'd make sure Moses gets on there and... Without question, Abraham has to get on the Mount Rushmore of biblical characters. He is a godly man. In fact, I'd bump him up higher than Moses. Y'all know those memes that come out where they, they put up all these rappers and they say one of them got to go. And you're like, ah, how, how, do I, how do I get rid of one rapper? I got to get rid of the whole catalog. How do I do that? If I put these names up, Paul and, and, and Jesus and Adam and Moses and Abraham, and I had to say, man, you, you can, one of them has to go. Let, let me promise you, it's not Abraham. I'd bump him up higher than Moses. The the reason I'd bump him up higher than Moses is because Abraham is mentioned over 300 times in scripture. That There are 11 New Testament books that mention him. All four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John mention him. You get to Hebrews chapter 11, and Hebrews chapter 11 gives us the hall of faith. And when you look at Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith, most people get mentioned once. Moses gets mentioned six times. Our boy Abraham gets mentioned 12 times. Times he is a big deal. There are fourteen chapters devoted to Abraham in the book of Genesis. He is a godly man, and you would think that his godliness uh what was a result of discipleship at home but I'm about to rock your world when I tell you it wasn't because his father Terah was a godless man. his father Terah did not know the Lord. Let, let me go deeper even. His grandfather, Nahor, did not know the Lord. Generation after generation, what was passed down was spiritual dysfunction. Let me read a verse to you. Joshua 24, verse 2, says it this way about, the descendants of Abraham. It says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, uh, the father of Abraham, served other gods. Every name that was listed from Shem all the way down were godless men. Where were men that did not pass on what it meant to be faithful to God? Where were men that did not pass on the nutrients of the gospel, the, the nutrients that there is a God that created everything and that God demands godliness from you? That was not passed down. What was passed down was spiritual dysfunction. And here you have Abraham being one of the godliest men in all of the scriptures, yet he did not learn that from home. Let me not be naive. That's some of your stories. Some some of you, honestly, can testify that you were not passed down faithfulness from your father. That's not everybody's story. That's not my story, but that is some of your stories. Some of you grew up in households where your father was absent or you grew up in a household where you did not hear the nutrients of the gospel. But here's what I love. If our boy Abraham is able to be a new link in the chain and start a new trajectory for his family. So it is with you. You can also start a new link in the chain. You can also start a new trajectory for your family just because you did not grow up with a father that was faithful to God doesn't mean you shouldn't be. Here's the truth. Many of you, some of you pray every day that you would not be like your father. Some of you have grown up and you don't even know who your father is. The only thing you got from your father was his last name and his looks. And the only reason you know what he looked like was from a picture Let's be honest, I have friends that have told me they've seen their father in the street. They cross to the other side to avoid their father because the relationship is so dysfunctional. There are some people that did not grow. You grew up like Abraham. You grew up with a father that did not pass down God's uh, goodness and God's grace and God's blessing, but passed down generational func- dysfunction. Joshua 24 two says that Terah served other gods, but yet how in the world does God take a man like Abraham? and start him on a new path. How in the world does God look at Abraham and, and, and put him towards faithfulness, even though he did not learn that from his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather, going all the way back to Shem. I, I love this because this tells me that you young man can start that new story. Yeah, you, young lady, you. You, you actually can can be the first person in your family to start a new Can you imagine that? Imagine that years and decades from now, if the Lord does not come back and you're gone, imagine that when you get to heaven, you look at a generation of believers in your family that have all come up and made it into heaven and they made it into heaven because the new trajectory started with you. Can you imagine that? Listen, Papa might've been a rolling stone, but if you believe in the cornerstone, you yourself can be set on a new path. Abraham has 10 generations of unfaithfulness to God. And finally, Abraham becomes one of the guys that starts that new that new path. I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't even know why I'm going here. But, but I, I know some of you feel like you're under a generational curse. You feel like what was passed down to you was just, I mean, nothing can go right. I'm just like my father and I, I just don't do things right. Do you know Galatians chapter three, verse 13 says, cursed is he that hung on a tree. Jesus took your curse. If you have believed in Jesus, you are not under a generational curse. You can start something new. God wants to do something new with you. Walk in freedom. A new pattern of faithfulness. Type that in for me. I, I can't type it in the chat. In fact, I, got, I, I do have it up, so I see y'all talking right now. If you could type, type that in the chat for me, uh, because I can. not I'm trying to preach, and I can't talk and type at the same time. Pattern of faithfulness. Pattern of faithfulness. Pattern of faithfulness. You can be the one that starts it. That's what Abraham did. Ten generations of godless men. Abraham steps in, and he becomes the one that everyone after him is now blessed why is everyone after him now blessed? Because Abraham was faithful to the Lord. What, what, what did it? Well, that's the question, right? What sparked this new chain of, of faithfulness? What, what was it that sparked that? Here it is. First four words in verse 12 lets us know what sparked it. Now the Lord said. Underline those four words because that was the start of something new in the family of Shem going down to Abraham. The Lord said, I don't want to oversimplify this, but what changed everything for Abraham was hearing a word from the Lord. But what changed everything for for Abraham was actually hearing from God. If you notice something, when we read these 10 generations, not one time did you see God speaking to any of them. You did not see God speak to Nahor or you did not see him speak to Eber or Ryu. He did not speak to Shem. In fact, I'll go so far as to say the last time God spoke was to Shem's father, Noah. The last time you see God speaking was to Noah about the ark and 10 generations of silence. And finally, God shows up and what started a new trajectory was getting a word from God. God finally speaks. And if you want to leave a legacy of faithfulness in your family, you have to interject in your family a discipline for hearing God's word a discipline from hearing from the Lord. Well, pastor, how do I do that? How, how do I hear from God? Is he just going to show up in my living room? Is he going to show up uh, over breakfast and over brunch and sit at my kitchen table and talk to me? Nah, son, that's not how God speaks. God speaks through this book. You, you, see, you know, we always want to be so mystical and deep. You want to know how God speaks to me every single day? It's through this book, 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, 40 different authors, three different languages written on three different continents, 1,189 chapters, all inspired word from God. Abraham started a new trajectory because he got a word from God and I don't know who it is that I'm talking to. Whether you are a father or a mother or single, you want to start a legacy, you have to do so by not just reading the word but committing your life To it. Committing your life to applying the word. If you want to start something new, that's how you got to do it. You you got to do it by getting in this word. Really passing on discipline to read the word of God. Man, when I went to ministry, I'm trying to keep up with y'all chat at the same time. As as I'm talking and preaching, I'm looking at what y'all saying in here. I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying my best to keep up. When when I went to ministry, I remember talking to my father and I went to his house. He lives in Jersey and Start talking to him like, man, I'm about to give my life to this thing, and you know, I was working in corporate America. I was trying to tell him what was going on, and he was so excited. You know, he's—I'm a second generational preacher. He—he certainly, all—I mean, from as far as I can remember, he was always preaching. And when I went to him and I told him I was serious about this thing. He wanted to pass on a legacy of faithfulness and, 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 and pass on a commitment to the word of God. So he says, here's what you need. You need your Bible, but let me, let me send you out of here with some supplementary tools. Let me, he, it's almost like Acts chapter three, verse six, where it says, silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give to you. He, he gave me a discipline for the word. I, I remember he gave me a few books. I brought a few books here. He gave me this book, a sermon It's full of sermons and lectures. I can't tell you how many times I've worked through this book. He gave me uh, another book, and this one is all on sermons of mercy. Look how ripped up and torn up that is. He has notes written in here. He gave me another book that's all lectures and sermons. One of them talks about uh, the law versus the gospel, and it gives me this nutrient of grace and what grace actually is. Let me show you how spiritual my father is. You see how thick that is? See, I think that my my father was serious about the word. This is, is a strong concordance. I mean, I personally have this on an app right now. But my father didn't have an app when he was growing up. He would sit in hours and he would taught me how to cross-reference. He taught me how to look up a word and find it somewhere else and bring scriptures and do word studies and and do analysis on, on, on the Greek and on the Hebrew. My father taught me what it meant to be faithful to the word. And if you want to pass on legacy, you do that by passing on a commitment to the word of God, passing on a hunger. Listen, my boys is going to pick up some bad habits from me. They just, I mean, that's, that's just going to happen. There are some dysfunctional habits that I have that I know my boys are picking up right now, but I'll be darned if they grow up and don't say, my father was faithful to the word. How did I learn that? I learned that because it was passed down to me. And I'm praying to pass that down to my sons through discipleship and, and through devotional time and through making sure that they're reading the word of God. It is so important. If you want to pass on legacy, you must pass on a commitment to the word of God. Now the Lord said, it broke 10 generations of unfaithfulness to God by Abraham getting one word from God. Develop a system and a plan. You, you know what men do? We, we do one of these numbers. Y'all know we do this. Where we just kind of be like, man, what am I going to read today? And we flip through the Bible and then we put our finger and we go here. No, no, don't be immature. Develop a system and a plan to actually strategically go through the word. Listen, fathers, we can't skim the word, but fathers, we got to stop making excuses for why we can't ever get into the word. There's so many other things that we are involved in, but the word becomes the last thing that is on our plate. But that should be the first thing. There shouldn't be a day that goes by that you're not in the word of God. And the Lord said, he spoke to Abraham and in speaking to Abraham, he started something new with him. We need an army of men that know how to parse Greek. We need an army of men that aren't just surface Christians, an army of men that don't won't get in a conversation and say, I'll get back to you on that. Now, let me take you to the word right now and tell you what the word of God has to say about the situation that you are going in. We need an army of men that when we counsel other men, we do it through the word. We need an army of men that are serious, that memorize scripture, that live scripture, that are serious about our commitment to the word. And the Lord said, he spoke to Abraham What's so important about, what also is important about Abraham's relationship with the Lord, don't miss this, is that God pursued Abraham. Abraham did not pursue God. Don't flip that. God pursued Abraham. There's something I want you to pick up. There's a melodic line that's running in verses one through three. Melodic line is a sequence of notes. It's a musical term, a sequence of notes that form a pattern. There's a melodic line in chapter 12. Look at verses one through three. See if you can pick this up with me. And if, if you have a physical copy, do me a favor, just write, just underline these, these two words. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go to your country and your kindred and your father's house and the land. Here it is. That I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and show you uh Show you will be a blessing And verse 3 and I will bless those who Bless you and those who dishonor you I will curse them five times God says I will I will I will I will why does God Keep saying I will so many times because he Is the one that is pursuing the Relationship and the blessing to Abraham Abraham didn't conjure Up faith and finally say after 10 generations I want to be the one that Serves you Abraham didn't have it in him To pursue God God always Pursues us in the start of the new legacy is God pursuing you? Here's the reality. Some of you have been piped in on uh, our stream for the last several months, and you, you thought it was a coincidence that we was in quarantine. You finally were able to pipe in this God pursuing you. Maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you haven't trusted in the Lord. But I can promise you something, God is pursuing you. And here's something about his grace. When God wants to pursue you, his grace is irresistible. Can someone type that in for me? God's grace is irresistible. You may run and run and run, but when God pursues you, you can't outrun God. God is is pursuing some of you right now. Some Some of you fathers that are piped in right now, God is pursuing you. You young ladies, God is pursuing you. He pursued Abraham. Because Abraham would not have had faith if God didn't pursue him. Jesus picks this up in in, in John chapter 15 and he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. It is God that pursues Abraham. Can anyone testify to the fact that you're only saved right now because God pursued you? Shoot, I got both of my hands and y'all can't see it, but my toes are up too. It was God that pursued me. And if God doesn't pursue us, there is no way we could be in relationship with him. Can anyone testify that that's your story? That God hunted me down. I mean, you got 10 generations. Like Abraham doesn't even know how to pursue God. He wasn't taught that. In fact, his father would have taught him how to pursue other gods, maybe through sacrifices We don't know, but here's what I do know that God pursued Abraham and in his pursuit of Abraham, he got him. And that's what he does with you. When God pursues you, he gets you. His grace is irresistible. God didn't choose you because you are so great or bring something to the table. He didn't pursue Abraham because Abraham brought something to the table. He pursued Abraham because of his own goodness and his own grace. Be the new link. Be be the first person that does the next thing. Be the first person. Stop saying, my father didn't do it like that. Be the first person to be what your father was not if you have a father that was unfaithful. Last Father's Day, my my family gave me this chain. I don't know if you can see it. I'm, I'm going to switch over. I don't know if you can see this chain. My father gave me this. My, 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 my family gave me this chain. Um, let me see if I can take it off. This chain represents my my family. This J right here is for my youngest son, Jeremy. And I, I got a B here for my oldest son, Brandon. And th- this piece right here represents Ty. Uh, it ha- has an inscription on here that says my love, Ty. And what holds this family together is the links in this chain. What well, what's holding this family together is a legacy of strong links. And here's, here, you know that saying that says oh, the, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link? It's true, but here's the reality. You can be the first one to make sure every chain after you, every link after you is strong. And some of you, it's simple. Let's stop being deep. For some of you, you need the first one to go to college. First one, strong link. Some of you, you need to be the first one that's not an alcoholic in your family. New link. For for some of you, you need to be the first one that is committed to one woman. New link. For some of you, you need to be the first one to give your life to the Lord. New link. Who am I talking to that you have a legacy of weak links in your chain and you want to change that because you want a generation after you and the next generation and the next generation to be faithful? Who is it that needs to start that new link? That all starts with you. Young lady, I'm talking to you. Young man, I'm talking to you. Be the new link in the chain. This morning I got up pretty early, got up at six o'clock, and I started to pray for these new links. I started to pray and I, I asked God, I said, God, you know, there are many people even on our staff that I talk to so consistently. I talked to my boy yesterday and we were talking about uh, Friday uh, on Juneteenth. Shout out to Juneteenth. I talked to my boy and we were sitting and we were talking about a uh, relationship and his relationship with his father and how dysfunctional it was. And I'm like, man, but I praise God because I look at him now. He's a great father, new link. He's a great husband, new link. He's a father of, uh, of, 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 of spiritual children, new link. Who am I talking to today that you didn't grow up? You grew up like Abraham grew up. In fact, Abraham, before Jesus came, before God came in and changed his life, Abraham himself was a weak link. Who am I talking to? Who did I get up this morning and pray that God would do something new with you that was not done in your past generation? Who is it that needs to leave a legacy but doesn't have a good lineage? Let me pray for you. Father, even as I hold this chain with these links in it, Father, I am reminded that these represent people, the people that are piped in right now. Represents them. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, for strong links. I pray for legacy. I pray for a new trajectory. I pray for a new path. I pray for a new thing to happen in their life that did not happen when they grew up. Maybe it was because their father didn't grow up with faithfulness. Or, Or their father, or their father, tracing back to years of dysfunction, Father, do something new today. Thank you, God, that we're not under a generational curse. God, I I thank you that when you save us, you break every single curse that was on our life because Jesus goes on the cross and 100% absorbs any curse that we could have ever had over us. And through him taking a hex and taking the curse, it is now that we have the ability to be faithful to you. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, for generations of faithfulness. I pray that the kingdom, that the, that the heavens would be full because one person on this live right now said, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be consistent in my word. I'm going to be consistent in my character. I'm going to be consistent in my spiritual maturity. I'm going to be consistent in my development. I'm going to be the first person to do it. Father, I pray, oh God, you would do something new. And I, I thank you, oh God, for those that did not grow up with faithfulness in their house. I thank you that they are able to start something new. And So Father, I pray, oh God, that you would seal it now. I pray that this word would penetrate the hearts of your people. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Man, listen, it's good hanging out with y'all. Again, I missed y'all. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I don't know what y'all planned today. I don't know if y'all got virtual brunch going on. I don't know if y'all actually be careful. I don't know if y'all going out to hang out for a little bit before you get back in the house. If that is the case, please be safe, be careful. Uh, I I am serious about Tuesday. Make sure that you guys are voting. That is so important. Uh, But y'all enjoy the rest of your day. It is a beautiful day outside. If you live here in New York, enjoy the rest of your Father's Day. Let me give this benediction, this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, grace and peace. Good hanging out with y'all.